0: clearance, southwest 8504. I'm going to Tellerotor RC. This is episode 17 titled Competition Revisited. This is Robert Monty and with me I have Michael Shaggy Parker.
1: Eh, I'm irritated.
0: (laughs) Mike (laughs) Mike Grumpy DePaulo.
2: I think that's Parker's name this time.
1: (laughs) Yeah for today.
0: Uh, A friend visiting uh, DePaulo.
2: Casey Campbell we got him here.
0: Hey y'all how's it going? (laughs) And our special guest back again, uh, Mr. Nick Maxwell. Hey. Hey. You live here now. One of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go live in a camper with Mike. Don't. On a flying field. Don't. I get
2: a second bed. You get so many flights in, is it's not worth it. Don't.
1: He's got a bunk bed, one for you and one for your helis.
3: Oh, get right on that. <laughs>
0: oh goodness okay so uh what have we done since the lapis- last episode um uh, myself i have begun practicing for competition this year uh yeah so i got out this weekend got some flights in and uh some things dawned on me and getting 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 back to it um talked with some friends so i'll probably do doing uh, expert again this year and then um uh, I'll be looking at whether or not I fly in the master's at uh, Nats this year, but uh, definitely focus on expert. There's some things to be learned there that uh, uh, master it and then keep moving forward. Uh, else than that, I have eight classes left for my undergrad degree, and I'm trying to think of something special to do for flight number 1000 on my uh, Synergy E5 Super Stretch.
1: I told you, pull the pin and watch, watch it explode.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apollo, Shaggy, which one do you guys want to go next?
2: I oh, don't know. Mine's slightly more interesting, so
1: <laughs> more I'm interesting. trying to get.
2: I'm trying to get Maxwell to come down here. or well, actually, come up with a microglow because the boards show up this week. We'll get that out of the way. I uh, Went to Jetcat USA with Casey, doing my, my Russian spying routine. You know, cool guys, pretty cool. I see how the turbines are balanced, and they have their own little test cell down there, and everything. It's actually really neat. And uh, Oxy-2 has passed 100 flights, hasn't died horribly yet. Yet. And uh, a very pretty airplane that I liked a lot killed. as yeah, dead now.
1: I can't believe you smashed that plane. I loved it. It was flew great.
2: It's the most anticlimactic smash. I'm very upset with that. Just like the Dolphin. Just like the... Well... Yeah, the motor one turned it. Yeah. It's pretty, it's like, yeah the motor dies, get it down to the ground, and then... Pff, dead. So Maxwell will probably appreciate means. it, but uh, those carports, you, you ever been trying to hover in front of a building or something else, and the wind's at your back going over the building. You start oh, getting yeah. Board. Yeah, you get border and stuff. Well, yeah, I learned that the hard way. It messes with airplanes worse than helis. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yep.
0: Yeah. I think Mike's just too technical in nature, and he's found an excuse he's going to go with.
2: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm the root cause of that, because I was screwing with the motor all day, and I must have done something, because... Oh,
0: yes, you're truly Whoops. getting your old planker on. Spend all day with the engine,
2: only to have it cut off. There's a lawnmower shop to get carburetor rebuild Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, hold, hold on, can I do the old man planker thing? If I, I can't blame the radio, or I can blame the radio, and then I can blame the wind. And if I can't do that, I can blame, what else do we got? Uh, uh,
4: uh, carburetor. Yeah, oh, blame oh, the carbure- yeah, carburetor. i was definitely one. going with the radio, since that thing's a jetty. Oh, okay. no. I'm telling you, we're gonna. You're bolt, the we're...
1: only non-futaba flyer here. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <right. laughs> God damn it!
0: <laughs> telling you, I'm gonna forge that thing down. We're gonna turn it into a 3D printed uh, phallic object.
2: You know, even Casey's wearing oh, a no. freaking futaba hat. Of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Casey. once sitting at the house.
0: <laughs> you should have seen him standing next to the uh, governor of Virginia wearing his futaba hat. Oh,
1: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
4: At least I talked you into flying. Uh, Nick, Nick, Nick? What'd you
0: do since the last time you were on the show?
3: Uh, I went to Germany for Rotor Live and started testing the new Nitro Diablo.
0: Nice. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw pictures of it on top of uh, fifty gallon drums uh, as part of the project display. I was like, that's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was uh, Christian Daniels' idea. That was pretty cool. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. That looked pretty cool. Um, Uh, Did did you see the electrics were sitting on the same drums, but they were Duracell batteries?
0: Yes, I did. Yeah, I saw that the artwork on the drum was different, and I was like, hey, that's nice.
3: Yeah, yeah, minicopters really, there's a lot of people now kind of starting to come in to help GERD with marketing and all sorts of stuff. The brand is really growing, so.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah um, I've been here and he's, uh, he's got more work than he's expected.
3: <laughs> yes, but he is definitely trying to keep up. So that's good.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, not having <laughs> having to hire people is a good problem.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So awesome. Um, how was the flying over there? I mean, was it, I, I thought I heard photos or saw something that was cold over there.
3: Yeah. So actually the, the flying when they got to fly was amazing. Um, can was over there and cd and those young kids man they're they're doing some cool stuff um but unfortunately the competition got canceled uh and the flying got canceled on sunday because of the the wind was so high that they deemed it dangerous so what's their definition of dangerous? like 20 miles an hour dangerous it say. no it was, it was actually over 65 miles an hour
1: Woo! Crap.
3: that'd be some fun autos over a hundred miles or over a hundred kilometers an hour. Good gosh!
1: Yeah, it was crazy. it Was a cyclone or something?
3: I thought it was pretty cool. at the At the end, the competitors all took pictures with it's the first cool. place trophy, and then all posted on Facebook, "Hey, I got first place at Rotor Live," along with you know all my friends. And <laughs> I thought it was really, really good camaraderie. And I thought, it was- oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was. It was-
0: I heard they. I, I heard the four of them got awarded first, and I was like, "Did they really have four first place trophies?" I was like, "I don't think yeah. so." So, <laughs> no, nah, it's awesome. It's awesome to see everyone get along.
3: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I I really wish I would have been part of that competition. I just didn't have time to practice, but that that would have been a fun experience. Ah, uh, freaking job!
1: <laughs> freaking I know, right?
0: Silly, silly job.
1: <laughs> it always gets away the fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Okay. working with radios all day, and receivers, and,
2: uh... Oh. Alright, Shaggy, so are you, what'd you do?
1: Yeah, uh, you really wanna know? Cause, uh, I'm about to frickin' lose my head right now, with some other stuff, but okay, let's say. um, well, I've uh, uh, got a lot of flights in on the, uh, Oxy, finally got that thing flying, that turd is so much fun to fly, every flight I go out there, I feel like I'm gonna smash it into a fence, a tree, another tree... And I'm trying to figure out where I can really, like, I'm trying to push the limits and see where I can really uh, fly it in com- compact areas. I've been flying in the woods, next to the trees, I've been flying it next to over a shed, almost skid bumped the roof of the shed, which was I was trying. Uh, It's going to end up at Rob's house, so he can uh, fly it a little bit, but um, the longer I have it, the more likely I'm going to give it to him in a box.
2: Robert, you got to do what I do, man. Just keep it for three months. <laughs> I think I'm
0: gonna have to go over to his house and kidnap it, kidnap it, and 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 save it from this dangerous environment. Off the a search, it's more gonna
1: more. get smashed. So you got to get it quick. It's going in soon. <laughs> but that thing is so much fun. I actually enjoy it. So I've been flying that around. Um, finally used my Futaba radios. That was since the last recording, I didn't use it. So I finally been using the Futaba radio. I've got two flying models on it right now. It's the E7SE competition heli, and then my uh, Logo 600 SX. And I like the radio. I like Fataba. I that's all I'm gonna say. I I really really enjoy the radio. A lot to learn on it, but I am really enjoying it. Uh, that about
2: three years ago, <laughs> just longer than that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I've since then I've got other models, um, getting receivers for those, and uh, so hopefully I'm slowly converting everything over. Um, and then this week. I've spent more money than I have ever spent in my whole entire life in a week. Really? Yeah. So, I paid off my truck. So, now I own that thing. And then I just dropped dropped a uh, another big price tag and got a jet. Literally just brought it home today. And uh, then I got to buy, like, two Hobbywing one thirty eight amp HV ESCs. It's not good. With a back. Oh, uh, no.
0: better get a back on that thing. I swear to God, I see a receiver pack. I'm going to throw it in the woods.
1: Uh, not this again. <laughs>
2: I, haven't, I haven't heard this meme. What is it? We harassed each
1: other. Dude, this was all last night. I was talking to Rob. And I'm going to get to... Because I want to make those two, those two E7s identical. So, like, I'll have a backup competition model. Uh... So everything is that, everything has it has the same right now. So I'm gonna get rid of the Castle ESCs and get Hobby Wings, but uh, I want to get two Hobby Wings so there'll be one for each model. But I'm thinking I'm made out of money and I could spend an extra hundred dollars each ESC to get one with a BEC built in. Hey Nick. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs>
0: Which do you get for your electric model? An ESC with a BEC or without a BEC? With.
1: Don't you fly
3: Castle? No, I'm I'm all Scorpion now. Oh, you do all Scorpion now? Okay. Yep. And the BEC in that thing, that's been a lifesaver a couple times. That thing flies good. Yeah.
1: Damn you, Rob. <laughs> Damn you, Nick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stop messing around with receiver packs, man. Packs are made by good quality manufacturers. They're not having
1: failures every second. Nah, it's not the failure. It's just ease, ease of use for me. Anyway, so that's an under under a, a debate that I'll be uh, buying sometime this week. So, I'm broke now. Yep. At least I don't have to worry about truck payment anymore. That feels so good. Six years of paying that thing, and I finally paid it off. That feels good. Yeah, what else you got? That's pretty much it. I'm actually quick today. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things, but I didn't write anything down. So, I know I'm forgetting a crap load, and I think that's a good thing.
2: Yep, perfect. <laughs> what else we got? What about Casey? Hey, what did you do last time for about the about last week or so RC crap?
4: Uh well I've been at the flying field. We uh last weekend we end up doing you live there. Yeah, I do live here. We end up doing pavement on the road coming in. So now we have asphalt instead of mud. No more mud down. Yeah. So trying to improve the field and get everything ready for our Huckfest fest and the spring fling coming up. You're gonna be there, Nick. Come on.
2: <laughs> you want that microglow, don't you? Yeah.
1: He's gonna he's gonna hang yes. that, that that he's gonna hang that U glow uh, on the end of a of a fishing pole and just dangle it and just. It'll be it.
3: hanging off the flight pole flag, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what what are the dates again? Just so I clarify, and so everybody listening knows. It starts May 1st through 5th. first through fifth. First through fifth. Okay. Yep. You're gonna hate me. There's this big R C Drift competition that
4: weekend. <laughs> we would definitely appreciate that one. You chose drift card, Maxwell, i have to disown you.
1: That's all all new kinda low.
2: No,
3: that's a cool drift car I mean they're badass. cool. So this is at a big it's at one of the uh D R one or Drift One racing things. They're gonna allow R C drifters to come.
4: That'll be pretty interesting. That's nice. all on asphalt, right?
3: Uh, the, well, the RC ones are on, like, P-tiles, so it's real, like, plastic tile stuff is real slippy. P-tiles, uh, mean, like, is
2: that like the, uh, that, how oh, is it, that, that, that the jigsaw puzzle type stuff you see at floors
3: sometimes, or something else? Uh, it's like cafeteria floor. Cafeteria floor, alright, I gotcha. Like, if you know you uh, about your high school cafeteria floor, that's pretty much it. Linoleum, yeah. But the, the real cars, yeah, asphalt.
4: Yeah, because one of my uh, actual Joe Reyes has been trying to talk me in and buying one of them RC buggy crawlers. Oh, yeah, he's been getting me, too. Yeah,
3: like- that looks like fun, too. Well, he's doing
2: Mini-Zs, too, a lot. Oh, yeah, those things yeah. are pretty cool. Monty's very familiar with that because one of his best buddies is, like, or was it, globally ranked for Mini-Zs?
4: Oh, yeah, he is. I got asphalt now we can run a car on. Oh, where's that dragster at? Oh, God. That's right, that's right, you bought that drag strip yeah. timing thing for RC cars. The cool thing is, if we mess off on the road, it's going to go right through your trailer. Oh, shit.
2: <laughs> 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 <capacitor> do it. Do it. Do it. Do it.
0: Hey, DePaulo, when I hit 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious yeah,
4: shit. <laughs> the flux capacitor will energize.
2: Oh, man. And if it does <laughs> fall on my trailer... <laughs> i it does to hurry up a damn house. This place is too dangerous. Kidding <laughs> <laughs> me? We're going to do this in front of yes, your house, too. Yes, uh,
1: Mike, especially now that I have a jet.
2: Yeah. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> Stud <laughs> rocket.
0: Oh, no. Why do they let us out? Okay, getting on to the main topic. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's get this started. Competition Revisited. So the reason we call this Revisited is we did do a competition episode. It was um, episode number two. We went over the first time. The second time, we wanted to go over this, and we wanted to get more a bit more in depth and, and focus on some other things. Is, of course, in the last year, uh, you know, questions uh, questions had come up, and and you know, more stuff had come around, and uh, myself and others have been to a few more competitions. So, figured it would be nice to revisit the comp- uh, the the topic.
2: Especially because we have Maxwell here to heckle us now, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So first up, I wanted to go into things uh, things about precision flying. So if you're flying in, for example, the AMA uh, classes, uh, sportsman, or you're looking at advanced, um, these are kind of lessons you uh, start learning as you uh, go through it. And that's also some of the questions I get asked by folks who are interested in competition. Uh, one of the big ones is what you must be proficient with before entering sportsman. Um I have a lot of guys uh varying backgrounds. I don't I don't get to see them fly usually before they come up and ask me the question. So a lot of times I tell them if they're gonna enter sportsmen, um I have three items here. Uh flying in inside turns, so turning towards yourself, being proficient at that. Because one of the maneuvers actually has it, and uh, we don't practice that all that often. Um the next one is hovering side into yourself. Uh, not being afraid to hover side in, uh, approximately 29 feet away from yourself. Uh, some guys aren't comfortable with that. So being proficient at it or comfortable with it will definitely help. Um, the last one isn't something to really stop you from entering sportsmen, but it will definitely help you in scoring. And that is uh, centering flying maneuvers on yourself. And what I mean by that is um, there's, there's a loop and a roll. Um, and a few of the other maneuvers, they, they call, they kind of all base themselves off of, you start the, the, the maneuver has to do something very specific when it's in front of you. So, for example, a loop, at the bottom of the loop, it should be in front of you. At the top of the loop, it should be in front of you. Not off to your left, not off to your right. So, um, run into folks and, you know, they're really comfortable flying by themselves and then doing a loop, but you ask, hey, center that loop in front of yourself. You're like, oh, I'm not comfortable with that. Get comfortable. <laughs> um, Anything else uh, you guys should say for proficient at entering sportsmen?
1: Did your shit flying good. You know that's something that I, th- It took me a while. Uh, it it took me to the second year to actually get my uh, my setup more precise. I mean, y- yeah, you can go in there with a full blown three D curve and, and 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 do enter in the sportsman's class. I mean, that's what I did. But I mean, get with someone that has more advanced, you know, advanced knowledge on, you know, starting and everything like that, and, and really have them help you get your model tuned more towards, uh, you know, a competition or everything, you know, more towards, you know, your are hovering, and stuff like that, because you really don't want that 3D, uh, that 3D curve there, it's gonna be way too twitchy and everything, uh, and also uh, a pitch curve, you know, you want to have, you don't want to have a linear pitch curve, honestly, for your hover maneuvers, and I found out on the second year, you know, by, by adjusting that, it, it, it helps. It really helps. It keeps your model more stable. So you can do with a 3D curve, but yeah, you're not going to really uh, do it all too terribly well. Especially when the wind comes, then you're really going to be overcorrecting. Now, I'm, not, I'm serious. I'm being serious. I'm not trying. I'm not trying. No, no, no. I'm being very serious here. Especially when the wind comes, you're going to be twitching all over the place because you're trying to correct uh, it, you know, the wind's gonna push you. You're gonna try to correct it, then you overshoot it, and then you just keep on overshooting all your, all, all your correct, uh, all your uh inputs. It it's not fun. <laughs>
0: for precision uh the gyro of course does your aileron elevator and rudder but it is not doing your your collective you're left to do that and so as the as the wind does its thing you have to compensate for it and if yeah a full 3d curve will help you it makes it really challenging to keep a model steady and spot it two meters off the ground or or four meters so having a curve that's properly adjusted that you're comfortable with in order to keep the model in one right. spot. It makes it look good. And that's, right. that's what we're looking for. Um, I'll be honest. It was, I, I, I went to competition my first time in 2014 and I started flattening my curve out during the competition and my scores are looking better in the rounds. And I remember after competition was all said and finished, um, uh, Nick uh, Nick had brought myself and the other competitor over who him and I were, were going, uh, you know, we were neck and neck for points and he explained uh, he explained the better points of, of a collective pitch curve that is a bit more shallow which was awesome. Um, it's one of the also the great things about competition and joining is you know, during the competition you're not going to get, you know, they're not going to sit down and break your model down, you, you know, and that's it's unfair advantage, but after a competition is done, um you know usually you can get some tips and and listen to things and and learn more learn more you know and, and take the feedback you got
2: anyone else have learning what had? it really looks like when you're centered over a flag to the left or to right i
4: think have been <laughs> there learning slow stuff down too not rush through the loops and stuff
0: oh like, yeah time. um you're right take your time if uh, you know it's something I've run into with with some folks is if you find you're making your flying maneuvers you know the loop the roll, the procedure turn if you if you're really making them compact and you're not using the airspace and you may be lying to yourself but the real reason you're not using the airspace is you can't see your model. I've said this in previous episodes go see your eye doctor <laughs> Go see your yeah, freaking eye that's doctor. True. <laughs> tell them you want to be, tell them you would look at, tell them what you're trying to do. You're, you're, you're flying RC models, this is what they look like, and, and your eye doctor will be more than happy to help you out. Expo and dual rates. I get asked about this entirely too much, so I figured I'd cover it a bit. No, I will not give you all my settings, as they probably won't work for you.
2: I think this should be best summed up as the airplane guys are right when it comes to this. Dual rates are kind of helpful. Heck.
1: Yes. And that's what I've always used and was always bitched at for so many times until I realized this is what I need.
0: So, on expo and dual rates, uh, I will say usually I have uh, different ones for my hovering. So, I have expo and dual rate set for hovering, and then I will have a different set of expo and dual rate set for aerobatics, um, depending upon whether or not how much your fly browse controller supports um, I'll even which I'll get into in a moment will adjust flipping uh, roll rates or pirouette rates to uh, do that and then use dual rates to refine it or give me an ability to easily switch it uh, or control it without having to in the past uh, actually visit the helicopter and adjust a gyro or if you are a person who still uses a computer to adjust your stuff um, yeah. But yeah, uh, usually what it comes down to is I use enough Expo and slow the dual rate down enough that uh, Expo is, so the, the helicopter looks good, doesn't snap into place, those kind of things. It looks like I meant to do it. <laughs> yeah, I and I meant to do
2: it. <laughs> the amount of cursing I hear at the <laughs> uh, flight yes. line links you think otherwise sometimes.
0: Hey, you know what? I've just been testing out my self-modification of a talking <laughs> radio. It's been my talking <laughs> transmitter the whole time. And uh the dual rates uh, is usually just to get the rate I desire for what's going on. Um, I think it comes down to sometimes uh, you're nervous of the flight line, you grab too much rudder, um, those kind of things, so that you you get some consistency on there and you're not going too fast. That you blow by stops you meant to stop for. You know, like, like stall turn. A stall turn with a 180 Piro, you know, you don't want to blow by the stop. So, adjust your dual right properly so that you're consistent in stops and, and maneuvers. Rolls, the same thing. You're looking for consistency. Um, you know, how extreme you go, I, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> if you go into extreme areas, I think a lot of it's model and bars control and radio specific.
1: Yeah, yeah and uh, I know the way that... Uh... The way that I usually set up when it comes to so okay so I with I, I flew with the brain last time and you know the brain has the three different bank uh, bank switching which I have you know obviously my my hovering is going to be you know bank one my flying is going to be bank three so I'll go to bank one which has my limitations on rate on roll rate and stuff like that but then I also have uh my dual rates uh. And of course, the expo is inputted into each uh, dual rate switch. And I usually have that on a three position switch. And I will basically, so when I go to my hover maneuver, I'll go to bank one. And then I'll go to all my my, my lowest uh, rate, which is usually around 50% on the radio. Uh, that So that's usually what I'll do for hovering. And then for like flying, I will flip a bank up. And then maybe sometimes I might go to the mid rate. Sometimes I might, it depends on how I feel. I might keep it low. Uh, and I might keep it high. So in all, all in all, I have like six different switches I can use between banks and, uh, dual rates to choose from in different flying conditions from all the way from the slowest rotation I can get with, you know, the lowest dual rate, as well as the lowest bank, uh, all the way to, you know, flipping, you know, 3d smack, which I'm not going to do, but I can do a higher rotation if I have hundred percent rate and the max, you know, flip and roll rate on the gyro i, I just like having okay. those those uh those features separate on separate switches so i have i have basically have six different options to choose from
0: yeah agree um i'm i agree you you do it a little more yes. complicated than i do i usually just i usually go through the right. conditions um uh, usually with practice I you know if I find I don't have enough control to model of wind I will I will stop and adjust myself during practice um, so usually by the time I get to a competition I've got I've got enough control I can deal with sudden wind without having to make adjustments right. um, big adjustments I guess next up is flip and roll rates
2: no you don't need 360 degrees a second for F3C <laughs>
0: Hey, Nick, how many models have you seen in a 700 class can do 360-degree flip and roll?
1: <laughs> Sustained. Only my 3 Blitter. <laughs> my, my E7 did it for a quick second until I cut the boom off.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I will say, some, some of the helicopters out there, they'll do it for a little bit, but they won't hold it. Yeah, so uh, different gyros
0: deal with this in different ways for your flybars controllers, but in reality, uh, the biggest thing here is... Uh, you don't need the highest rate you can possibly get. It actually makes it harder to uh, make the maneuver look good, purposeful, that you are doing it, not just jabbing a stick and screaming, oh, f-, the whole time. I thought
1: that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, that's should, yeah. That's what you're supposed to do when you fly a plane.
0: Oh. All <laughs> right. I, I do my rolls until I'm almost out of altitude and then I stop, and hopefully it's not knife edge
2: and cartwheels. <laughs> yeah, the one time on I picture your radio up in F three C mode, it actually scared the shit out of me.
0: Yeah, it's it's it um, will scare you. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like to put that in unsuspecting people's hands. Uh, yes, uh, I have like, Nick. I've I've let a couple guys fly my heli, my competition set up and most of them hand it back on. Yeah, I, I no 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 no, no. and <laughs> no no no.
1: What was mindset? What What did we set up mine to be uh, as far as the hovering maneuvers? So what was the rotation on that one?
0: I want to say you're down near 30 right now, yeah, Shaggy. It's,
1: it's like you move it all the way, you wait for it, wait for it. There it goes.
0: Yeah. Um, do realize that in competition, usually things aren't that crazy, but if for some reason you decide you want to be really stupid for a moment and start trying to do something dumb with your hovering mode, I do you realize what your bailout your bailout plan is?
2: <laughs> yeah, valid point. I think I saw one guy at least almost destroy a helicopter because he was in slow mode still, and he got kind of close to the ground, and it probably pulled out with about a foot left.
1: Oh yeah.
0: With 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 my hovering setup, if if I bail out, it's not with throttle hold. It's it's usually with an idle up, so I have more control over the model to go away. Um, but I, I say that not as in that's what you should be practicing. Just more of if you hit throttle hold, and we're going to get into the next section. You have a you, you you might you might program your ability to smack a model into
1: the and ground, and we've seen that too. <laughs> yes,
0: we have. Um, Nick, I think you probably have the best explanation on this. Why do we do mid-stick collective for hovering?
3: Uh, it's resolution. Yeah, it's purely resolution. So you get the whole stick for hovering and, and being precise rather than working within the top quarter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it will – I agree. Yeah, I mean, of course I agree, but definitely what Nick is saying is true. Uh, most everyone, once you f- realize you're really serious in this, you're going to start getting into setting up uh, your transmitter so that when you're at mid-stick, your model hovers for your hovering maneuvers. And yeah, as, as Nick was saying, it gives you great resolution. So that as you move, your, as you move your, your collective up and down, you have very finite control of your model.
1: Um, it's a different feeling.
0: It is a different feeling uh, initially. uh, You know, program it, run it, practice with it. Um, But this leaves it. Some transmitters don't give you the ability to control the transition between your hovering and your. And that
1: is the reason, number one, why I switched to Futaba. (laughs) I love this podcast. And honestly, one of the sole reasons (laughs) to (laughs) who...
0: yeah it might be a little biased towards fataba uh I'm, I'm uh we're interviewing for people who want to fight for another transmitter uh you're welcome to send me an email i will ignore it and uh, oh wow, wow. <laughs> no nah, i i'm happy i'm enjoying to my others.
1: fataba radio but i am no fanboy okay
0: Hey, uh, um, I need to make an order for a T-shirt for Shaggy. What size do you check. wear?
1: <laughs> yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll send you T-shirt. They're not helping, Nick.
0: <laughs> um. So, uh, last thing, uh, check if your uh, transmitter supports it, but um. One thing uh, I know Nick has put videos out there in the past of it, and I've shown people is uh, using the dials on your radio for adjusting your uh, your hovering curve for like aggressiveness and just to adjust the pitch of the model so that no matter you know uh, no matter how cold or warm or the atmosphere that day you can adjust the pitch of your model so you're always hovering a mid stick. The next item is what scores tell you. And I think, Nick, you will easily trump me on this.
3: It either tells you you stuck or you did okay and got lucky. Yeah, was gonna, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. So
0: I would say, I'll say this. If you're getting a score per maneuver of seven or higher, the judges see you doing it proficiently. If you get a score of five to six, and this is for sportsmen, if you get a score of five to six points per judge – Judges like what they see, but there's room for improvement. Means you didn't pay him enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Four or lower points per judge. They don't see you doing well in the maneuver. Make corrections. What was that? <laughs> A zero means it wasn't recognizable, or you broke one of the one of the rules. Like. You didn't call the maneuver properly Zero, at all the number
2: of beers you skipped last night <laughs> um, So uh, after precision flying We were
0: talking about freestyle So if you're interested in F3N Or improving your own freestyle If you're showing off for demos um, Two items I have here Is music and use of space um, I will let Nick Fill in more as he is Much more the expert than I okay. am on this is of things that will help?
3: Uh, well, one thing uh, when it comes to F3N, except for the set maneuvers, um, both the freestyle and the, the music round, you are I mean it is part of it is showmanship. Um, so it's a fine balance of choosing something that's technical that's recognizable by the judges as well as fun and something that you know they can relate to. Um, so I think that's one of the hardest things is to find that balance between, okay, I'm going to do something technical and choreographed, but at the same time, do something that shows a little bit of showmanship. Um, and that's kind of a hard balance because if you, if you do too much technical, it becomes monotonous. And number one, a lot of times, you know, even as a judge myself, but as a pilot who's very technical, um, I always tended to gravitate as a judge to the pilots who, did put on a little bit of a show because i think that's quite honestly that's harder um if you just go out there and you do one or the other if you go out there and you put on a a really good show um you know it's recognizable um but then if you go out there and you do just an entire technical flight um that's also recognizable and, and it's good um but being able to do both of those things actually shows real talent in my opinion um, that you can do both of those things and a lot of times the pilots that are very technical don't tend to like that or the pilots that are very smacky in showmanship don't tend to like that either but a good mix is always helpful so I told Monty I'll just randomly sim to music though just because I enjoy it or we'll just yeah, be out cool. here
2: flying and then Monty will be playing something and then he starts yelling at me that if I'm not flying to music I'm a pansy and I should stop playing helicopters and I suck so you kind of just have to do it or else,
3: okay, um, it
2: works. You know, well, I can actually fly to music. It's, imp- you know, it's minorly impressive.
3: Yeah, helicopters in general are very rhythmic, so it yeah. makes sense to fly to music. I mean, even the, the the sound of the blades and the vibrations and stuff. It all sound is kind of music. So if you can get things <clears throat> choreographed, yeah, I enjoy it's doing a, it. Yeah. It's That's the difference between, like, say someone who's a dancer and someone who's a helicopter pilot is not only are you using, you know, dancers using their body. So, yeah, you're moving the shape of the helicopter, but you also have to think of the sounds that it's making. And if you can, one big thing that happened between glow and electric, you know, the change was the glow motor. You always had to fly within the limits of not getting your engine hot or bogging it with electric. You can kind of get away with doing stuff to the beat a little bit easier without having to worry about the engine.
1: You can do more of that pop and lock stuff with um, especially with a lot of like modern dubstep musings like that where it's very fast pitch and it's actually a lot of fun.
2: Significantly easier That's, not to get out of time with an electric.
1: Yeah. yeah. If you need that little bit of extra
3: you can do it and you don't have to worry about the repercussions because the second you unload it it's fine again. The biggest problem was always the repercussions with the glow is okay you load it is it going to recover in time or is it going to get hot and go lean? Hmm, it's no fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how about use of space? So the biggest thing there is figuring out how far to fly to where things present well, but, but not too far to where it looks like you're off into the, the space station. Um, you know, the further out you go, the better anything is going to look. Um, and that's probably one of the most. In- when I was a young kid, I used to always remember pulling up to the competitions, and from or or at a practice field where you're say you know a football field, field length away or something, you can even tell it fun flies. You look down the flight line, and you're like, "Wow, that routine looks really good, and that guy's so smooth." But then when you get up close, you realize that the tail fin's shaking, the helicopter's jittering. <laughs> um, nice. So, <laughs> okay, bad example, but uh, generally speaking you know the further away you are the better it looks but also the further away the judges can't necessarily see stuff and they tend to question it um and the rule of thumb is and in, in fai scoring if you can't see it you can't judge it yeah so um it's a really fine balance of not flying too far but not flying too close
0: what about, what about in the freestyle routine, just, just all the different areas of using all that space? Is that something you try and go yeah, for? Yeah, so
3: I, I tend to think of it as a box. I try to hit the back top corners, the bottom back corners, the front top corners, the, the front bottom corners. And then I'll try to do stuff cross box. Um, if you do everything circular, you're missing a lot of the flight area. If you do everything square, you're not flying in the middle. Um, then you're missing, you're missing a lot of the flight area. At the XFC, um, there used to be actually, if you read through kind of, I, I won't say, read between the lines, you were supposed to fly in a box. Um, and you were supposed to draw a box somehow with the aircraft in different orientations. Um, F3N is very similar where you need to, if you can fly two miles away, that doesn't mean fly two miles away. That just means that you need to create your your airspace and fly within it and show that you can fly in Typically, I try to do different orientations on the different lines, so it's not like you're just doing circles out on the left and then circles out on the right. Um, (laughs) That that does work, but then there's going to be somebody else that does circles to the left and squares to the right and backwards one way and forwards the other. They're going to get a higher score.
0: Yeah, show more technicality, control the aircraft.
3: I think the biggest thing that a lot of people miss, especially now with electric and the younger kids whose reaction time is so fast, um is is flying to the judges if the judges can't catch what you're doing, they're not going to give you a score for it. So if you do a tocking figure of eight and you reverse it eighty two times, uh, they're not going to catch that. you can you can do the same thing reversing eight times, and is it technically harder? I don't know. I mean I, I tend to think if you can do it eight times, you can do it eighty two times. It just happens faster. Um, if you can do it eight times and execute it better, the judges will catch every time, and then you can also execute it better.
2: The man's got a point. Yes. said judges, because I know I even screwed a maneuver up, and I caught it, and they didn't catch it. And I, I was like, yeah, Images, well just zero that out. That was wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I know. There's been times where everyone it was—it was kind of like a conversation we were having earlier. Uh, you know, a perfectly symmetrical face just throws our brains off. And sometimes, as a judge, you'll be sitting there going, "What the? Heck? Was that right or wrong? Something was—that wasn't right. But you can't call. You can't. It happens so fast. You can't call. And
2: it we don't have cameras for instant replay, NFL style. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe we should do that. I have to bring a fancy camera next year.
3: That—that that oh, is Jesus. also one skill set is figuring out how to hide your mistakes. That's perfectly legal. Now, if you do the maneuver backwards, no, you should be a good sport and say, look, I did this wrong. Give me a zero.
0: You make a good point, Nick, because one of the years I, I flew F3N, I was doing in my freestyle, I was doing a, a backwards Cuban eight, and at the top of at the top of the loop, my tail blew ninety degrees. The judges didn't think anything of it until they heard me scream out, Oh. <laughs> and then they realized
3: well, he didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Downgrades. <Oops. laughs>
1: should have stay quiet, Monty?
3: In that case, technically, that's not a zero because you didn't really. It's a. It's 180 degrees. Is the is the limit? So technically, you shouldn't zero that. It should be a severe downgrade.
0: Yeah, it was during a freestyle round, so it was really was it was just like uh, it's a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, of then downgrade. they don't even know
3: if you if you do it in a freestyle round, you don't yeah. know, and that's I. Yeah, I yelled out loud, loud enough for them to know. <laughs> <laughs> and and part of that is, you know, some of the top pilots may see each other fly so much that they go, oh, I know that guy just made a mistake. But the judges, <laughs> they don't see them fly as much, so they don't know that's a mistake. And so part of the skill set of the pilot is to hide their mistake. Um, it's yeah. it's like an ice skater. I mean, it's just like ice skating and gymnastics. I think probably, I think I'm probably going to regret telling this on public, but... I really like watching like women's artistic gymnastics, um, not only because some of them are hot, but because but they <laughs> the routines and what they're doing is very much related to what we're doing.
2: It's funny you um, mention that, yeah. Because the one time I went and flew my first nitro in front of an engineer buddy of mine at NASA, mm-hmm. he's like, "It looks like choreographed ice skating," is what you're doing.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yeah that's, that's kind of a good point. I know what you mean about that. It's like, I love watching the Olympics when it comes to stuff like that because you know it's it's it relates a little bit.
3: It does. It a- it absolutely relates a little bit. It really relates a lot. Same thing. Um, when I was younger, uh, I used to always watch MTV. Used to have that dance competition. I think what what was it? So you think you can dance or oh, whatever, yeah. the, whatever the hip hop one was?
1: Oh, there's one going on right now. Uh, what is it called? There's a new. There's one that's currently going. On. I was I watched it last night actually, and these guys. Were,
0: Goddamn hipster!
1: Uh, well, these, I'm just saying these 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 guys were doing like uh, they were breakdancing, but they were they were young kids too, and they were so in sync. It was just amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I would uh, just like everyone else. Yeah, the probably the easiest way to explain this to like coworkers or someone is it is a lot like a, a choreographed uh, ice skating round where you may be doing freestyle or. You know, they tell you, hey, here's the maneuvers you have to hit, get it done during Mm -hmm. your time. Um, And yeah, just like just like uh, acting, ice skating, a lot of those things is the show must continue. You can't stop in the middle of it. You need to you need to make it. You got to flow with it and go with it and get back. And, you know, if you get behind on some of your I've seen guys get behind on some of their music and they got to skip something and get back Mm -hmm. in with it.
3: And and some yeah. are better than that at other. Some are better at that than others. And usually the guys that are really really good at that are the ones that are on top. Because ev- everybody Agree. messes up, and it's just how how do you hide it? So that that's one that brings me to one good point. Whether it's F three C or three D, um, I think that I've found consistent between all of the really top guys versus the guys that are sometimes in the middle of the pack but are still very good. Yeah is that the guys that are at the very, very top, when you watch them practice, they suck. Um, (laughs) And No, no, I will tell you right now, if you watch, I have had fellow competitors, fellow competitors' fathers uh, tell me that I was sandbagging it in practice to try to mentally screw up with people. And that is absolutely not true. I suck in practice. And the reason why is because if you don't fly through the mistakes, you don't know how to correct them when you're in the competition. And you can't you can't stop and restart so the guys that stop and restart you know like f3c you watch a lot of some of the guys in f3c in the hovering the second they mess up they stop and they start over but you're not doing yourself any good at all because then when that same freaking thing happens in the competition you have no idea how to fix it
0: you agree agree um Very, very much agree. The I know one thing, and and you probably experiencing a lot now, uh, Nick, with racing RC cars is you'll have a great lap, and then followed by a lap's a little disastrous, and your mental attitude can start going downhill. You did not
2: talk yourself. I know what these means. You can psych yourself out very easily, and I've seen it.
0: Yeah, you psych yourself out, and next thing you know, the whole race just turns into I'm losing, I'm losing, I'm losing. When it's like, okay, you, you made a mistake in that turn. Get back in the groove, you know, work your way back in, have that positive mental attitude. And also, yeah, uh, as you said, Nick, and practice okay. You, you bobbled it. Um, Deal with it. Finish the maneuver. Finish the maneuver. Do yeah. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know this weekend I, I was play, I was practicing the uh, the cobra roll uh, in the expert. And um, I was not getting the collective right. I rolled the model over and it ballooned up horribly. And I was like, what the hell? And I was like... Nope, doing the maneuver. <laughs> it's gonna be this the Cobra roll with the V. It's gonna be the shape, damn it. Even if even if it's wrong,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't um. matter. And who cares who's watching? It's practice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's practice. Uh, yeah, it's practice. I, I I know. I know. Like uh, I was down at knobs uh, contest in Florida this last October, and uh, the figure M maneuver and hovering, I I just started calling it out as the unknown M because I kept. Forgetting the 360-degree pyro that happens in the middle of the M. I'm <laughs> like, whatever. I'm flying the maneuver. I'm doing the round. i got to keep going. I um, can't take it that personally. And Yeah, screw it up. Keep flying it. Uh, that is the main topic. Nick, if folks would like to contact you,
3: how is the best way to do it? Uh, you absolutely can reach out at nmaxwell at futaba.com. As a very clear statement, I do not have Facebook Messenger. So if you sent me a Facebook message, there's over 2,000 or 3,000. I don't know what it's up to now. There's a lot of them in there. I don't check it because I don't have it on my phone. Um, otherwise, the thing's going off all the time. Uh, email is absolutely the best. So um, I'm on that all the time. So don't be offended if I didn't respond to your Facebook message. I apologize. But yeah, email is good. And of course, going to events, I can't promote enough. Go to an event. Find if you see top pilots are going there. Go bug them. That's what they're there for. It's their job. So um, if, <laughs> if you're ever at an event, we're there. Feel free to come up and ask anything you want. Uh, for those that know me, I pretty much say whatever's on my mind. So you're going to get an answer. <laughs> um, and you can, you can ask whatever you want. This is no big deal. Uh,
1: uh, uh, ask ask
0: anything you want, but don't be surprised if I tell you you need to go build your own model first.
3: <laughs> uh, Nick, I, I you know, I'm not that I'm necessarily <laughs> proud of it, but when I was younger, I have definitely flown people's helicopters and handed it back. And when they said it didn't do the maneuver, I've said it's you. Um, yes. <laughs> so yes. I've learned how to, to word that more politely now as an adult.
2: <laughs> uh, people know I just tell them straight up. Still,
1: I'm just like, yeah, nah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it does it fine. I'm offended because you didn't respond to my messenger uh, message. I'm I sorry. Sent, you, I, you I, sent, would, I, sent, I sent one like months ago, man. What the hell? Nah. You, you, would, you would never believe
3: how many people get so pissed off because I don't reply to them on Facebook. And I'm like, I don't have it.
1: You don't have it, yeah?
3: Yeah. I would talk to you all day long. if you. It's just it's too hard to keep track of so many different accounts because then you're emailing yep. somebody and... Okay, I talked to I talked to you three months ago and you said this. Well, my opinion changes a lot on setup and stuff like that based off helicopter (laughs) products. I mean, it's different. And so I like to keep it all in one big string. So that way, if you you can at least I can validate, hey, yeah, I told you that six months ago, but I found it does this. So now I do this. Um, If you have 80 different platforms, you can't ever consistently give somebody good information. At least I think.
0: I agree much, very much. I know we got into that. We've talked about it before about how Facebook just uh, constantly takes good information and tosses the bottom of the feed, and then it becomes impossible to find. So you get you get your forums, you get you know email, mm-hmm. um, find people in person and talk with them.
3: Yeah, so and that is definitely, that is one yeah. big thing. Now working and doing what I do with Fataba, um, I feel for our techs, and and I do the helicopter tech support through Fataba now. Um, it goes straight to my extension if you call up and dial. Uh, I think it's extension three for helicopters. Anyways, my extension's 415, too, if anybody ever wants to call for Um
0: <laughs> Your signature – Your signature. if you email and get a response back from Nick, you'll
3: likely have his phone number to reach yes, him at his Yes, desk. that too. Um, but I yeah. will say this. It is incredibly difficult sometimes to diagnose some stuff over the phone. So if, if, oh, you, yeah. can, <sighs> right, if you can make yes. it to an event and you can see a top pilot in person – and, and one other thing, too, is, you know, it doesn't matter which guy you're talking to. If they're a top pilot, they've got it working for them. So they're giving you valid information. It's just a matter of following all of their details to make it work. So ask anybody and they'll probably get you sorted.
0: Uh, yeah, fully. Uh, yeah, definitely agree. I know Nick, uh, you and I, and Ben. Of, I remember I was working with a customer recently, and what they don't realize is they may be working with, you know, you may be working with a team pilot, but you, you're. Uh, sometimes you may have the support of all the Fataba behind that person getting you your mm-hmm. answers. Yep. because um, situations situations can get a little crazy sometimes, and it's like ah, I need to ask
3: some need to ask some support just mm-hmm. more on this. Yeah. So it's just never, and, and I will say that too. If somebody, if a top pilot says, I don't know, let me find out. They'll probably find out for you. And yeah, that's a good thing. They're not blowing smoke up your butt here. No,
0: no. I, I'll generally, I'll generally talk to, talk to other friends about, have you seen this? Um, and, and you go, Oh yeah, I did. Quick answer. Help. But more learnings occurred and the customer's happy. Mm-hmm. Um, Not to go too far into that Uh, Definitely on events Uh, I need to get the RCHO event on here for the spring I know it's in April Um, Yeah, the Super Bowl Heli Spring Fling in Fredericksburg Uh, I know the podcast Us folks will be there May 1st through 5th Heli Domination in Virginia May 17th through 19th Uh, Dragonfly down in North Carolina June 21st through 23rd The Mid-Atlantic Heli Championships, I am running that one in North Carolina this year, June 20th through the 29th. And for those wondering, I am doing both F3N and F3C classes. So if you want to come out there and fly to music, bring it. I'm happy for new people to come to that event. Uh, AMA Heli Nationals, uh, that is July 20th through the 23rd in in, uh, Muncie, Indiana. Directly followed by uh, the Urch Jamboree, July 24th through the 28th. Um, Then Fall Heli Mowdown, September 27th through the 29th, and Heli Extravaganza, October 9th through the 13th.
1: RCHN dates are still TBA.
0: Yep. Uh, Any events you know you're going to, if people can Uh, find you, Yeah, the
3: Huntsville event, April 26th through the
0: 28th. Yep. Um, <laughs> I know I've been talking to friends they want to know if I'm going well, and
3: I will tell you right now I, if you are nearby and you're in striking distance I would suggest it so the first public debut of the new Diablo minicopter nitro 90 size will be there and there's going to be I can't say much now there's going to be something fairly cool from Fataba that will be the first public display there too
0: damn it <laughs> Don't there go. you go
3: It'll when is worth, that it'll be it'll be worth it to go to uh, see those two products in person I think
1: all right, Monty, let's go
0: yeah. Um, also, as a follow-up, uh, we keep all this stuff on a heli calendar. It's in our Google Drive, and the link is on our Facebook page. It is, uh, linked towards the top of our Facebook page as a, as a sticky item, so you can find the calendar. Um, we do list the events we're going to, and then I have a separate list of events friends tell us about where I list their event too. Um, just cause, yeah, get to the events. Uh, good people are there, happy to help, and, uh you know what you're generally going to have fun even if you uh even if you just shut up and stand there you're probably still going to have fun watching watching all the flying and 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 everything and even
3: when it rains it's still fun
0: and ev- and even when it rains that's how you end up with the mow down becoming the mud down and uh people still make memories as they drive to Walmart together and boots. buy boots
1: <laughs> honestly that is uh t- times like that is when I was able to talk to you know, that's where I was able to make the most friends is during those those crappy weather moments.
0: The only thing I'll say is if you bring a camper to an event and the weather is bad, get the hell out of your camper and go find the rest of the people. Yeah, don't be a hiding. dick.
2: So many people do that. They just disappear in the campers and Monty and I are just standing out there like well, time to shoot at a boat and fly
1: helicopters because everyone wait, wait, gone. Whoa, Hold up. <laughs> hold up. <laughs> You are one big ass hypocrite. What? <laughs> what are you saying? Listen to what you just said. Yeah. Springfling, urcha, where were you? Fixing things in a trailer. Was <laughs> developing something. That was different. I was not in Springfling. Not in Springfling.
0: One time he one, one time he was developing something. The other time he was practicing his finger maneuvers. Uh-oh. And Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been checking out a clam. And <laughs> and uh, I have no idea what a third.
1: <laughs> well yeah, wait the third was when was the third? Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't a part of third. Thank God.
0: All I gotta say is if the weather's inclement, go find a dry spot outside and go hang out with everyone,
1: yes, and have some this fun. Talk.
0: Make this hobby better. Make make it make you know come out and have fun. Uh thank you all listeners and uh happy flying. Yeet. See you out
3: the field. Bye! Thanks for listening everybody. Cool. Go play Jet!
1: Thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode as we enjoy taking the time to make them. If you have any questions regarding the show, such as future topics, events, or anything else, you can send us an email at telerotor at gmail.com or on Facebook, search Telerotor. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the field.
0: Welcome to the bloopers for this episode. We recommend you listen to them in private as the audio is loud and the subject matter a bit sophomoric. Enjoy.
1: Please tell me you can hear me.
0: Yes, we can hear you.
1: It's about freaking time. I hate Skype.
0: Damn
2: it, Robert.
1: Screw you, Rob. I'm blaming you. By the way, hi, Nick, but screw you, Rob. <laughs> hi. Hi. Oh, hey, before we start this thing, I got to show you all this. Wow, you haven't started? Oh my gosh, I thought for sure you guys would be halfway done by now. Okay.
3: Mobile one,
1: opening.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that old flip phone had a voice line. No shit. Would you two shut up? <laughs> oh, on, it was Dude, cool. It, this this really is was <laughs> I
1: swear.
0: Uh, You know what? It doesn't matter. I can talk over the top of him on my own. I'm, I am on my own channel.
1: I'll I'll mute your channel anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you doing the digger flip? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I freaking digger! He could have used some glasses this last weekend, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: When's he celebrating sixty?
4: Oh, no, he already C-I-S. did.
2: He's already he past
4: sixty. Trying to celebrate where the tree yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a little bit of backstory, Nick. Um, oh you in the field? So you remember off to the right? There's those trees oh, there, uh, right? All right. So yeah. the, the tree that Nick got is actual. That's the one Digger put the jet in. That one's cut down. Now. So,
2: so they, they cut the tree down because Digger put a Viper jet through it. Oh no! So That one got cut down. <laughs> so last weekend, man, I looked down for two seconds. And I heard crash! Oh no! And I look up and I see his red Mamba biplane,
4: Swiss cheese, going through a couple of trees. <laughs> the the tree sound of a seventy cc plane going through trees is priceless.
2: He went through the tree right next to the tree. He sent the viper through.
0: <laughs> I gotta make it to a club meeting soon and make a motion to replant the tree that was cut down for, <laughs> for digger for safety.
1: Oh no. that's funny he
2: starts talking about oh we gotta cut that tree down and casey's like no you just need glasses no i said you just need to learn how to fly
1: hey hey casey you're gonna have to have a stake where the original tree was you have a stake where it says you know um uh you know you know digger's jet impacted moriam yeah yeah and then have a stake where the other tree's at with his mamba on it oh
2: man that thing got (laughs) shredded too it went like another 50 feet didn't it
0: I don't have enough time to mark down all the trees he's been through when he when he took off his canopy, shredded his wings, and turned his plane into
2: a missile. Oh,
4: <laughs> oh you mean Viper Jet? Dude, that sucked because I didn't get to see it because I was flying with him. <laughs> Viper Jet number two.
1: <laughs> now, what was the one that was Frank Nall's plane that I predicted was going to crash?
4: Oh, that was number. Oh, that was epic. That, that was number number three. <laughs> Viper Jet number three. Yeah. yeah I remember the first time I met Digger. I was the only one that had fire gloves that could pick up the turban out of the field because it was hot.
0: (laughs) Casey and I was just talking about this last night, actually, because I realized we all met each other pretty much at the same time. Or I all met Digger at the same time, because I remember... Digger bought a jet used. It had cone-style washers on the elevator underneath the bolts. Oh, he right. He pulled too much elevator. It was a top it top. It it was Separated his elevator control. snapped the jet nap.
1: <laughs> in half.
0: Uh, Casey goes out there with fire gloves to pick up his turf <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
1: There was also wait. that one at the Warbird event where he pulled too hard in the elevator and snapped oh, the yeah, wings the reaction?
2: right off. Oh, that was priceless. The reaction was good, too. That's the one oh. where it was still going and it. It was spinning, yeah, too. The, the little yeah. pickup
4: bed on my side-by-side, you can fit a seven-foot-wide jet in there when it's all in the
1: little pieces. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I got pictures of that. Garbage bag size for <laughs> for convenience. So that's, that's, what is that, four or five jets right there? Oh, he's done
2: more than that. Uh, Timmy was telling me stories about how he put one down in uh, in Baltimore where the fire
4: department, they spent that day getting practice putting out a swamp fire. Yeah, he had 13 fire trucks come to his uh, RC incident.
1: Dang. <laughs>
2: Maxwell, if you're if you're out here, man, you got to tell him to get his nitro or something out and t- tell him to throw down.
0: No, no, you know what? I'm going to bring the best up of all for this conversation. Here we go, Justin with his <laughs> jetty. Flying the jet that has what was it? Uh oh, thrust
2: direction. Oh, yes. the, the rookie jet. Oh, yeah, that the jet.
4: Yeah, and he flipped. He flipped every switch, and it still went in.
1: Oh, if I remember the
4: right, there was two jetty guys standing out there at the runway. Oh man, flying this thing, looking <laughs> back at us, goes, "I don't know, but she going down." <laughs> oh, you. know The
2: worst part about it too is he's messing with it, and I'm like. As he's walking out there with him, I'm like, so you went over every switch and every other thing, right? And he's like, yep, yep, definitely. So we get out there, he's doing it, and I'm like, all right, so you're gonna do this thrust vector and shit, or what, man? He's like, all right, here we go, we're gonna do a flat spin. So he goes up, I hear a click, he goes into the mode, he's doing it, it's it's probably like 200 feet off the ground right now, and I'm like, and that's when I hear the first f-. <laughs> And I look over at him, he looks kind of nervous. And I, hear, I wish I had a video. And then I hear f- again, and I'm like, all right, well, that's, that's three f**ks now, this is not good.
1: And he doesn't cuss that often.
2: He's so, got a set of lawn chairs laughing right oh, now. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so we're passing through 150 feet because it's a beautiful flat spin. I mean, it's dead on, not oh, yeah. moving an inch. Uh, I've never, I've never seen anything flatter. Oh yeah, It yeah. Was a Frisbee. It was legitimately <laughs> a frisbee. Yeah, it's beautiful flat spin. And uh, so we're at about 100 feet, he's like, "Oh," f-. so now there's oh f- in here now. And I'm like, "What'd you do?" He's like, "I don't remember what switch it is." <laughs>
4: Uh, it hit the corn. And the two um, jetty guys sitting there talking about Twitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh, what happened.
0: Uh, no, what's what's the next best one? We were visiting Quansfield.
4: Oh, oh that, was, the uh, that just... was a J10.
2: Well, J- well, that's the one with Quan blew his J10 up. But that same day, Brad Leninger was there with that brand new bike. Brad. Fighter. And he, he runs over to Robert and I because he knows I've got a jetty radio. I'm helping Robert put uh, new ends on his torque tube and he's like, Y'all any of you know jetty? And
4: I'm like, Why? Hey, man doesn't know how to turn his jet off. Oh yeah, I'm holding his jet, and this Joker just running. And he looks wow. at me, I don't know how to turn it off. Oh man. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I ain't gonna hold this thing all day, man. <laughs> I was like, I can start unplugging enough wires to cut a fuel pump off. She'll cut off. <laughs> I will find <laughs> it when it turn this jet off.
1: <laughs> Where's the axe?
2: Dude, dude, no, he's an interesting character. He
4: I've been yelling at for helicopters. He's crashing the pits. He's a fun guy. You know the (laughs) the thing that keeps on mentioning in this same conversation Mm. is the word jetty. Yeah, (laughs) I think there's a trend.
1: You know, and you know another thing that just keeps on being mentioned. Mike's the only one with the jetty in this group right now. (laughs) (laughs) Now,
2: don't you start. You just got that radio. You gotta wait at least a year before you can talk shit on me. Ah, uh, too late. Nope, 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 nope. He doesn't have to wait a year. He he was he's converting over from
4: spectrum. Ah. Hey, what'd you do I'm with that your... spectrum transmitter?
1: Oh, I still have them. I'm I'm still keeping it for the uh the micro like the ultra micro planes and stuff.
4: Out to the field, we'll give a ceremony to it.
1: <laughs> I still have money. And this still costs money, man. I can still sell it to Mark for a couple hundred bucks, and then he'll wear the <laughs> gimbals in that one. Mark will buy it.
0: Mark will buy it, and we're out the game <laughs> in about two weeks.
1: And then polish it. Hey, you guys, do you guys have Futaba Velcro yet? This Is Velcro? Yeah. It's in
0: the mail. Uh, yeah, I. Um, please. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it looks like the Align stuff. It's exactly like the Align stuff. But it's orange. But it won't cause your helicopter to crash?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, superstitious. I'm superstitious
2: about that stuff,
0: Nick. Why?
2: Every time Monty and I saw someone's helicopter smash itself out here, if it, it pretty much always had a line of Velcro on it. Oh. If you
0: put a line branded Velcro on a non-aligned heli, that helicopter is doomed. It's alright to use a line branded Velcro on a line heli, but you put it somewhere else, that helicopter's going down. Oh, I gotcha. Superstitious.
3: It's good <laughs> It's good Velcro, though. It works really it well. Is. Is it it works? Is. I bet all those wires, even though when it went to the ground, were still together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the Velcro did not fail.
4: Uh pulled them all out perfectly. It does work good. I think I have some.
3: Yeah, it's called well, I think we changed the name. For a while there it was called Magic Strap. We decided that needed to change. (laughs) Magic strap. I'll take things that don't go through translation real well. Oh no. It actually it still says magic strap on the barcode, but our website says uh I think hook and loop because you can't use Velcro, that's copyrighted or patented or whatever the heck it's called. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Magic
1: strap. (laughs) It's the magic (laughs) strap. Available at these fine retailers. Next
0: one. So I'm going to try. Shaggy, you're going to have to put this back together. The last part I'm going to add to this is look into your radio to see if your knobs can help you with adjustments (laughs) for the aggressiveness (laughs) of the curve.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Aggressiveness of the curve Or the actual you're gonna have to restart pitch angle that. Of your rotor head No, I'm on my own channel, God damn it! You guys are I, laughing, I, you're gonna I, be I muted
1: I don't care, but the fact that you started getting Off on that, it's just gonna sound like crap So please restart it
2: Oh, and about aggressively adjusting your knob <laughs> 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 I love that I didn't even say anything I hadn't even laughed yet, and Maxwell's already chuckling, and that's how I know we're soulmates.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <'cause> why, <laughs> all why would you not call rough. the dial? <laughs>
2: uh, I, don't oh, I don't know.
4: Did he really you find you? Casey? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll see y'all later. I gotta get on the tow truck. I gotta get up in an accident.
1: See you later, cool. Casey. Keep safe. Thanks for all your
4: support for Fataba, Casey.
1: Fataba. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hold oh, <laughs> the money. Oh yeah.
1: Ooh, adjusting your cold knob. Ooh. <laughs> dial. It's a it dial,
2: dial. It's not a knob. Shaggy's finally aggressive. getting
3: into it, man. I love
1: it. Oh, great. You know what? I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'll, you, you, yeah. So Ben just uh,
3: texted me and said, "New toy for Urshela: electric unicycle."
1: Uh, oh, wait. what? <laughs> he's bringing
3: an electric. I don't know. <laughs> I I can't see the picture because we're on the Skype
1: thing, but I think he actually got a unicycle. Is it one of those like skateboard things with one wheel in the middle? I have no
3: idea. I'll have to electric unicycle. It's
2: probably it's what it is.
1: it
3: is. Yeah, that was what the word said. I, can, I don't know if it's oh a joke.
1: oh no, it's like the seat. I I've seen it. I've seen it. It's like a seat and then it has. It's like a little tiny seat thing. Well, it was not really a seat. It's more like you kind of st- you squat on. I've seen him at Ursa too before, uh, and it, and it's, it has one wheel in it. They're pretty cool. Oh, the one where you put the pole between your legs. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it has one wheel instead of those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have seen
0: that one. Yeah, it's like a, it's, yeah, two pegs or two pedals on the left and the right, and it's a larger wheel.
1: Yeah, crazy. All right, you continue. I'll be right back.
3: Did Ben ever tell you about <laughs> the time that I ran over him with a golf cart? <laughs>
1: no!
3: <Whoa>! <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I want to hear this. I can wait. <laughs> yeah, one don't hold your up too a, tight. It was that first year that he had one of those electric bikes. We were playing around, <laughs> and he started like coming towards me, so I stopped, and then he goes, "Okay, go ahead." I hit the gas, and we both went at the same time, and I ran square over him. <laughs> the unicycle, the him, everything,
1: or the the bike, the scooter? <laughs> what was uh, that? I don't know. Smart car, maybe.
3: Yeah, it was. Oh. It was just, I mean, I ran <laughs> plumb over him. I said, "Oh shit, are you speed bump?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was such a it was a hard dilemma. Just to go completely over him, or just stay there, and try to okay. back it off. <laughs> okay.
0: Just a second, hey Ben.
3: You gotta be a
2: freaking idiot to live up here. <laughs> <laughs> you got Ben Miner in here now.
0: Well, no, he's on speakerphone while, while, while you are all in my ears, because we're recording the podcast. This is the best
2: thing I've ever come back to I, since taking a shit. Hey, I'm
0: doing work. Well. No, we're, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm at home recording the podcast, and Nick is online with us, and, and Shaggy and, and DePaulo, and you just sent a text to Nick, but he can't he can't see the picture yet, because we've taken over his data but My response to your ur- new urchin toy to the electric unicycles, uh-huh. the rest of the I world. Can't hear it. I can't hear anything you're saying. You can't hear me? Not <laughs> uh. when your mouth was
2: turned the way it was. <laughs> that was. <laughs> <laughs> this <that> sucks. <laughs> uh, you sounded like a Charlie Brown
0: cartoon until you turned your head back. Oh, wow. Did you buy it? Yeah. <laughs> he bought it. <laughs> Is that why you're so far up north?
3: Yeah. Nice. Hey, Ben. You don't
0: see
1: many, you don't see many of them come up huge because most people can't figure out or don't have the patience to learn how to ride one.
0: So, we just learned that Nick Maxwell ran you clean over a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah, he can't very well
1: do it with this because he can't get. Cause nobody, nobody can pick this thing up and just hop on and ride it.
0: Is, no one. is this one of those ones with a fairly large middle wheel that's got a peg on each side? There ain't no peg on each side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a non-bot. Yeah, it's a one else, one,
1: else one. Okay. <laughs> I, figure, I figure if I'm lucky, by the time I get to Archa, I might not be dangerous.
3: <laughs> what do you say, Nick? I was just going to ask Ben if he remembers when I ran him over with a golf cart on the scooter.
0: Yeah, he remembers it, uh, he remembers it, Nick. Um, yeah, he can't add, He can't hear you talking, but... Oh. Yeah, uh, we have to get him on Skype. We'll have to do that soon. What do you got, he back on for follow-up? No, uh, we're doing a competition revisited episode.
2: Oh, okay. I'll talk to you later, Ben. All right, bye, bye. Bye.
1: Just get Ben on. Oh,
2: God, this is becoming the, uh, the Futaba Circle Jerk Hour. Oh, no. <laughs> Hey uh hey hey hey
0: hey Mike. No. Uh Futaba recently put an ad out, 500 dollars discount on
3: 18MZ. Did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It still costs the same price as uh that Jetty DS24.
3: Yeah, but you can't take your picture with that. <laughs> <laughs> What's
1: good
0: payment for judges, Nick?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like $18.50
3: an hour. <laughs>
0: I tried giving them water. They got pissed and said, thank you. Uh, My score still sucked. Yeah. I tried providing commentary for my flight. Uh, My score really sucked.
3: I will say when Charles used to go out there and play classical music. What? Yeah. Charles, Charles used to go out there and he would play classical music from uh, Bluetooth right in front of the judges.
2: That sounds I don't know if he it.
3: thought he was being funny. He said it used to help him focus. I think he was just trying to be eccentric.
0: But There's nothing in the rules to stop it that I've seen.
2: Wait, so are you implying that if I do FPC this year, I need to go out there and play
3: like Machine Head while doing these really slow, graceful moves? Your score will be better than when Charles played Mozart. ah. <laughs> 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 <sighs> I'll have to... Tim Tim got a hold of the Bluetooth one time and started playing stuff that was pretty good, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I need to talk to Casey and borrow his Bluetooth speaker. Monty? Sir.
1: You suck.